Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Well, good morning. Good morning. It's great seeing you this morning. Welcome to church. We hope you're having a great time. We hope that you got some good coffee. I'm sure there's still some coffee left over. So please grab some coffee on your way out this morning. There's nothing like getting hyped up right before mid, um, mid-afternoon nap. So go ahead and do that. We'd love for you to do that. Hey, it's exciting to be here with you this morning. I honestly uh, am very scripted this morning. I have a lot of notes. I'm very scripted. I have a lot of verses. I think it's going to be really great for us. But I just want to let you know, I don't like to stay on script a lot of times. And so if I get off script, then, then we know God's moving. And so that's what we're asking for. Hey, every time we're up here as a church, we, we know that as we speak from this platform, we know a couple of things. One, we know that we're an imperfect people, right? We're an imperfect people. You're imperfect. Raise your hand if you're imperfect. Okay, go ahead. Look around. That should be everybody. If you don't see a hand up, then please, please, by all means, become that person's friend because they know something I do not know. As well as, as, well as you're imperfect, I consider myself imperfect. And when I come up here, I spend a lot of time, or any speaker that comes up here, spends a lot of time praying and asking for God's word for our church. That it would be relevant, and that it would, it would mean something, and it would be so amazing. But in doing so, I also say things from my flesh, right? Can you believe that we would do that? That Have you ever had a conversation and you went, oh, man, why did I say that? Have you ever asked that question? Well, I did that a couple of weeks ago, four weeks ago. I made a joke, and it was a little derogatory, and so it was towards an ethnicity. Um, and so I wanted to apologize publicly for doing that. And so if you would, please forgive me. I would so appreciate it. And, um, and I want to come in a humble heart, humble attitude, believing that God is speaking, and hopefully... I, I really hope that my heart would be genuine and pure and look like Jesus every time we're up here. And so if I say something just like you would in a conversation, I hope that you would go back to that person and that you would apologize and make it right. And maybe if it is not known, but the offense is known later, then I would ask that you would make it right then. And so that's what I want to do this morning. So please forgive me for that. I'm excited for God's word this morning. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word this morning. And Jesus, we, we just ask that you would speak this morning so clearly. Your heart for giving and generosity. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Well, awesome. Well, man, we are glad that you are here. We are so pumped. And today we're talking about giving. Go ahead and tell your neighbor and say the word giving. Giving. And, and say, give me some money. How'd that work out for you? Hope it worked out great. Man, today we are talking about money, and there's really two things that I hope to accomplish over the next three weeks is what we hope to accomplish as Luminous Church. The first thing is that that God is generous. He is a generous God, and, and the concept and the principle of giving has come from him, has stemmed from him, and all that we have on earth is his. That would be the first thing. That I hope to communicate, and after three weeks, I hope that you leave charged and passionate and excited for the money that God has allowed you to steward. The second thing 
is a very concrete thing. Of, <clears throat> excuse me. Could I have a water, please? A very concrete thing. It's a concrete thing as a church that we believe that God is really calling us into. You see, all along as Luminous, we've, we've been growing. We've been doing all sorts of stuff. It's been amazing. Thank you, Chris. Let's give Chris a hand. Yes. He's awesome. He plays bass. He's faithful, has three kids, and was still here at 7 in the morning. So I appreciate you in every way. Excuse me just one sec. So here's the thing. So the second thing is a very concrete way you can give, and I'm going to illustrate that for you as a church. It may feel like a business meeting for a moment, but I hope that it doesn't. And I always love moments like this. You see, I was a kid who loved Monopoly. Anybody like Monopoly? I loved Monopoly. I loved collecting properties, and I loved the money, the fake money. For some reason, until I was a certain age, I thought that was real money. I, I used to stash it in my pants. I should I used to stash it everywhere underneath my mattress. I mean, this is this is real money this is money that that I can use and and you're sadly disappointed when you end up giving this money to the ice cream truck and you get nothing in return that's always a sad day so it's not real money but I I love money I love numbers I count numbers I love spreadsheets I'm weird right that's super strange only only a certain percentage can relate to that and I can relate to you and so let's be friends Man, I, I, I just, I love money, and I love this whole concept of money and giving and what God has done with it in God's economy. When you understand God's economy, it's just so much better. And, and what I love about this is as we're moving into this series, The Big Give, I love Luminous Church. You see, I love Luminous Church because you are a generous people. You're a generous people. The generosity out of this church is amazing. And what I love is I love talking about money when I don't need it. And that's what's amazing. Luminous Church can talk about money right now when we don't need your money. We're not speaking out of need, but we're speaking out of overflow. And I love that. I love that fact that we do that. You see, Luminous Church this past month has, has received more tithes, more offerings than we have. And we have doubled the amount of tithes and offerings than we did last October. Is that awesome? Give yourself a hand. That's amazing. That's amazing. Our giving has actually out, outgrown our growth individually as people in here that means that the people in here are giving more and more it's super generous this year we will as a church give over $25,000 away over $25,000 away to to world missions to church planning to campus ministry to to buying kids shoes and haircuts to do outreaches of all sorts and to to refugees this year two months ago we gave $2,000 to Syria refugees who we will never possibly see but we gave in faith we gave in faith because we believe that God wanted us to do that. I love that we aren't talking out of need, but we're talking out of abundance. We've been giving so much away. I also know that the topic of money is very important. It was not only important to Luminous, it is, but it was important to Jesus. In fact, 15% of everything Jesus talked about had to do with possessions. Is that great? That's awesome. 15%. That means here at Luminous, if we were to model the walk of Jesus, which I hope that we do, that means that we are going to talk about money and possessions at least 15% or five to five to eight Sundays a year. And so, so I, hope, I hope that you could bear with us in that. And so I'm excited about what God is doing with money and giving and generosity, and it's so amazing. 
David Oates was up here leading walls, and he was talking about him and Lauren just having a baby. And how awesome is that? Baby Hank Nolan. Nolan Hank. Baby Nolan Hank. He's in the back listening to the sermon. Way to go, champ. I appreciate you. He's encouraging us. You know, it, it's, it's crazy because David and Lauren, when they, they moved from Midland, Texas with Brandy and I, and they moved down here and said, hey, we want to help start this church in this city, and we're believing that God is going to do incredible things. We're going with you. They had no jobs. They had a little amount of money, and they found the cheapest single-bedroom apartment that money could buy in San Antonio, Texas. They moved into this single-bedroom apartment. They're, they're, they're in there. Lauren is our children's director. She has children's supply all over her apartment. They can't eat anywhere. They eat on top of, like, building blocks. It's awesome. And, and they've just done so amazing. Their faith is so amazing. Their faith is so amazing. And as they get pregnant and they're pregnant, they're having faith and believing God for a bigger place, right? And so they had months to prepare, months to pray about it, and they ended up moving into a two-bedroom apartment. They made a room for that because they believed that God wanted to make room for this baby. Now, it didn't take a lot of faith to know, hey, we got another person. We need, we need another room. That didn't take a lot of faith. What took faith was being able to afford another room when they still have no money. They're still college or, or just out of college, and, and they're now newly, newly parents. And so, so amazing. That's been our prayer at Luminous Church. First Chronicles 4.10, the prayer of Jabez, as it says this, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. We never have prayed small prayers here at Luminous Church. We don't know the concept of small. Our faith has been big. Our passion has been big. Everything we do is big. It's crazy. Tyler Snelson, he'll buy Ableton tracks. He'll buy new instruments. He's buying all this stuff just so we can be big. He says, I don't care how many people are there. If it's just 10, I'm going to have five instruments, and I'm going to do all this stuff, and I'm going to spend all my money. It's going to be amazing. We haven't done anything small. We're a year and two months old, and we've already written four songs. Four songs. We have an app. We have a website. We, we're believing God for people. We've, we share the gospel each and every day, every week. We believe God for big things. And we've asked God, God, we came to San Antonio not to be a, a part of something small, but to be a small part of something big. And it's something that we've asked God to do, and we put our faith there. And so we've asked him to increase our territory, to enlarge our territory. Just much like David and Lauren asked for another room, we began to ask for more rooms. You see, back in September, we, we believed that God was bringing kids to us. We believe that God was bringing kids to us. And if you heard me talk, I believe that this next generation is one of the most important generations that we can reach. And so as we were believing God for kids and asking God for kids, we knew that we needed to make room for kids. We needed to enlarge our territory. We needed to expand. And so last Sunday, we had 18 kids under five, under five here at Luminous Church. That's great. What's great is we made a move in September on faith. In September, we said we're going to add another classroom because they were stuck in a small party room, 400 square feet. 
400 square feet for 18 kids. The recommended square footage for a kid is 25 square feet. So just think about that. We quickly are outgrowing those rooms. And so this was, this was little baby Alaska in our room not too long ago in our, in our three- to five-year-old room. And it was amazing, and, and they had a great time, and it, caused, it, caused, it did what God wanted to do in that moment. And then, and then we moved, and we moved our pre-K over to a theater. And here's Benson and baby Titus in, in our new toddler room, and there's plenty of room in there for plenty of kids, and we knew that we could handle a lot of kids in there. And then we moved over to our, our pre-K into a larger theater. So this is, this is a picture of the theater that they meet in on every Sunday morning. It's pretty awesome space. Chantal and Ashley are helped setting up there. And then here's a closer picture. Blaze is on a phone, I guess, talking to some kid, maybe getting the message from Jesus so you can share the gospel in there. So awesome. And then we have another picture of all of our kids making superhero poses, which that's fun. It's always fun to wrestle kids. I remember doing, I worked with four-year-olds for two years when I was in college. Uh, I did this once a month. I worked in four-year-olds, and I didn't know what to teach. I didn't know we were supposed to teach the gospel. So I just wrestled with them the whole time. It was awesome. I want to give all the parents in here peace that we actually share the gospel and lead them in worship and do a craft with them. And then we wrestle them. And so it's awesome. Man, such a, such a fun way. But we stepped out in faith and we believed that God would add a classroom to prepare the way for what Luminous was doing. Last week we had nine kids in that classroom. Nine kids in that classroom. Is that awesome? That is awesome. In order to do this, this does cost us something. So we, we, the cost to have this room for the next 12 months is $15,300. $15,300, we believe that God wanted to us to add that classroom for kids so they could hear the gospel every Sunday morning in a safe environment. And so we added this classroom and we said, man, this is going to allow us to not only minister the gospel, minister to kids, but it allowed those guests who come in here on a Sunday morning to feel comfortable to drop off their kids knowing that they're being well taken care of. That's what we believe God for. That's, that was something that we believe God was enlarging. Another thing that God is enlarging our territory on is our sound system. So if you don't know our sound system, our sound system is a 16-channel board with only 15 channels that work, which is awesome. And we have maxed out our capacity as a worship team for our sound system. In fact, we run the keys and the drums and other things. We run those through mono and not stereo because we can't get all those channels. We can't even add any more worship singers up here because we're out of microphones because there's no more channels. Also, anytime we do any special event, anytime we do an Engage the Spirit or anything like that, we actually have to rent new speakers and new sound system for each special event that, that we do. And so, so we're believing God for a sound system, and this is something that we're believing God is going to enlarge our territory. And so what we're believing God for is we're believing him for a new set of speakers that's not just loud, but it's clear, that there's going to be clarity. And so, so we're believing for God for some clear some clear speakers. We're also believing God for a 32-channel board, a 32-channel board that could actually become 64 channels using a digital snake, which would help our setup team so much easier. It would be a quick setup, and it's something that we could grow into. Everything that we are doing as a church is things that we can grow into 
as a church. We're believing that God wants to enlarge our territory. In order to house all this new equipment, we feel like we need a new trailer. So right now, our trailer is 40 square feet. 40 square feet, that's the size of some of your closets. So 40 square feet is our trailer. We actually have all our volunteers stack stuff in there. If you can look at our trailer after service, it's pretty jam-packed. We can't afford any more new equipment. And also the trailer we got, I would say if it wasn't Blaze and his muscles, somebody would be hurt stacking that stuff and getting it out every week. So we're believing God for a 96-square-foot trailer that would have actually ramps to roll equipment out easily and nicely, and it would allow us to grow. So this is what we're believing God for. Our commitment, this big gift commitment, is $33,300. This is what we're believing God to do. And we believe that we can end up raising all this money through a 12-month pledge, through a 12-month commitment. And I believe, I believe if we all say yes to this, this is something that we'll be able to do to begin to expand and enlarge where God wants us to go. So when you came in here, when you came in here, you got a card like this. And what we want you to do is we want you to take this card home. Over the next three weeks, we want you to pray about your giving commitment. And there's a commitment on here for everyone. Maybe, maybe right now financially you can't give towards this big give expansion project, but you can, you can pray and you can believe God for it because we need your faith. You see, anytime you enlarge, you need faith, right? Anytime you enlarge, you need faith. And faith comes through prayer. Faith comes through prayer. As we pray, our faith grows. And so we need you to pray. On November 22nd, we will be collecting your commitments in a special service that Sunday. We'll be collecting all of our commitments. We're also on here <coughs> believing God for not only that, but we're believing that God will allow you to share your, the gospel with three friends, that you would expand your faith to share the gospel and grow. So that's the big give commitment. That's what we're talking about over the next three weeks. I will not spend nearly as long talking about this over the next two weeks but more importantly, I want to get to the first thing that really what this message is about, and it's the heart of giving. The heart of giving, if you have your Bibles in Genesis chapter 1 and John chapter 3, you can turn your Bibles to there, and we'll be there in a moment. Genesis chapter 1, John chapter 3. And quickly, did I notice that it's not as cold in here as it is outside? So, glad I didn't have too much coffee. The heart of giving I want, I want, there's, there's four people in here, four types of people in here. There's the generous giver. The generous giver gives, gives like crazy. They give, they give their tithe systematically, but they even give above, above and beyond their tithe. They give sporadically. They believe at the heart and the core of it that they are stewards of God's money. They are stewards of God's money. That's the first person in here, a generous giver. The second one in here is the tither. The tither, where they read in scripture, they've been taught that it's good to give 10% of your gross income to Jesus. And they calculate it to the penny. They make $631, they're going to give, they're going to give $63.10. I mean, they make it to the penny. And oftentimes through tithers, they will tell you stories of how God has moved, how God has blessed, how God has increased and promoted and, and done all these things. With these first two, these first two are amazing, but sometimes these two sometimes can be a little self-righteous. 
They can be a little prideful, like, hey, I gave my money. God, I gave you your 10%, but the other 90% is all mine. Um, Anytime you do things for God, you have the tendency to be a little self-righteous. Then there's the tipper. The tipper is the third person, and they love church, and, and they come in here, and they love God, and they're being drawn to God in many different ways. And, and they will go by the offering box on the way out, and they'll, they'll throw a little money in there. And they're not sure what money. Normally, they'll open their wallet. If there's, there's uh, some cash in there, they'll take some of that out, and they'll put it in there. Or, or maybe they're a college student, and they text that number, and they just give a little bit. And it's just, it's just sporadic giving, but, but not real calculated. And, and so they, they also, tippers will give to other things besides the church. They'll give to a lot of other places. And then lastly, the category of givers is the keeper. The keeper works really hard, typically, for their money. They've, they've worked hard. They've worked 60-plus hours. They're, they're, they're all about it. And they, they end up keeping their money and spending it on them. They'll, they'll increase their cost of living. They'll go on vacations. They'll, they'll go to concerts. Uh, that's what I did in college, and they'll save it maybe for future, maybe for future retirement, future kids, but, uh, but mostly, mostly, they keep all that they make, and maybe, maybe a friend or a family member will need some money, and so they give to somebody real close to them. Every once in a while, they'll do that, but fundamentally, they believe that all they made, all they earned is theirs, is theirs. And, and today, I don't know what category you are, but I really believe that God wants to move us, that God wants to move us. He doesn't leave us comfortable. He doesn't let us stay exactly where we are. So whether you're category one, two, three, or four, God is constantly messing with you. Have you ever noticed that God is always messing with you? Like, God, can you just stay out of my business? If it, maybe it's your thought life. Okay, God, it's my thought life. Let me think what I want to think. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your time. Like, God, really, do I have to give more time? God, do you really want more time from me? Maybe it's your friend circle where God is calling you into a different friend circle, but you've been comfortable, and God is moving you always. And maybe it's your career. I don't know where it is for you, but I believe that God wants to move us. And the question is, where does he want us to go? God wants us to go to exactly where he is. God wants us to go to exactly where he is. God is moving us because he wants us where he is. And in the, in the topic of possessions, God is generous and he's a giver and he wants us to move to be a generous people. God is a generous giver. It's all throughout scripture, all throughout the Bible. God is a giver. It's his nature. It's his very character. It's who he is. Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you power to make wealth. Who gives you power? Say it one more time. Who gives you power? God, God has given you the ability to make wealth. Job 35.10, God gives songs in the night. That's pretty cool, David. God gives songs in the night. Isaiah 42.5, God 
gives breath to all people. God gives breath to people. If you think you have your breath, only God decides if you have your breath. And he gives it. And right now he's giving it generously. Thank you, Lord. God, Jeremiah 5.24, God gives rain. We've had a lot of that, but it's God who gives rain. Gives it in the spring season, the autumn season. He gives it in all seasons. John 3.34, God gives the spirit without measure. How many are so thankful that God gives the spirit without measure? Acts 15.8, God gives the Holy Spirit not just to the Jews, but also the Gentiles. God has put his spirit and given his spirit to all mankind. 1 Corinthians 15.57, God, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's awesome, right? He gives us the victory. How many of you need victory in your life? I need victory in my life. I need victory. I need to be victorious over things. You see, there's some things that are defeating me. There's some things that are getting the upper hand on me. But I need victory. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given to him. God gives wisdom. God has given Ben Chapman so many things. It's amazing. If I were to think about the things that God has given me, I would be left in awe, struck in awe, and wouldn't be able to move. Because God has given me so much. I remember as a single man praying for a wife, not trusting that God would give me a woman. And so I would try to make something happen out of his will in my own plan, and it never worked out. But as I trusted God, God gave me an amazing woman, exactly what I need, opposite for me in every way. I'm so thankful for that. She only makes me better. I'm a better man now than I was eight years ago. Thank you, Jesus. God's given me my son. He's given me an amazing son, a son that we believe for and prayed for and asked God for. And he did it in his perfect timing because his timing is always perfect. God gave us a son that I love who, who looks just like me. And I pray that he is better than me in every way. God has given us a future kid and future kids. Future kids. God has given us a plethora of spiritual family. Son, spiritual sons and daughters that we love so well, that we believe for and fight for. God is generous. He's given me amazing friends. Like my friends are the best friends in the whole world. You think you got good friends, you don't. Because my friends are awesome. They're so much better. You should be my friend to get to know them. God has given us so much. God is so generous. But he's not just generous with those who love Jesus. He's generous with creation, with everybody he made. You know, Bill Gates is like the richest man in the world, right? If we could only have $1 from him, that would be awesome. In fact, he could give everybody $10 and he would still have $2 billion left over. Bill Gates is amazing, and he started something. He started the Giving Pledge, where he asked all these billionaires to give half of their wealth away in the lifetime of in, in their lifetime. Give half of whatever you have away. Over 120 billionaires have signed up for this. It's amazing. You see, you see, Christians give, Catholics give, 
All sorts of religions give, all sorts of denominations give, all sorts of people give. But those who don't know Jesus give, those who are agnostic give, those who are atheists give, all those give. And why? Because God is a giver and God is generous. And in Genesis 1, 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Imago Dei, the image of God. That you were breathed and you were created and you were crafted by God. That everybody in this room was made and knitted together in their mother's womb. Everyone. Everyone on earth is made by God. They are made in God's image and his likeness. They were created to be like him. And before Genesis chapter 3, before man fell, before we sinned, before sin entered the world and corrupted our image and changed some things, we were a generous people. We were givers. We gave to one another. Eve had no need from Adam. For Adam fulfilled all of her needs and vice versa. There was complete wholeness, complete generosity, complete giving. It was his nature. But in Genesis 3, sin entered the world and we find some stingy people. And we find some people who only give according to their measure. According to the measure that they make up. According to the measure that they have set in their heart. But in John chapter 3, God is a generous giver. And because sin entered the world in Genesis chapter 3 and we were separated from our creator, our God, not knowing his perfect and pleasing will for our life. In John chapter 3, God gave only like he could give. It says in verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. God's generosity is pointed towards his enemies. Us who are separated from God are enemies of God and enemies of the cross. We're enemies of who he is. We, we chose our own way. We chose our own path. And we started living just for, y'all see the voice? Me. Just for me. But God's generosity points towards his enemies. You know, Peter Holt, I'm loving Peter Holt lately. He's, he's really making our spurs look good, right? Can I get an amen for Holt? Holt's awesome, man. He's, he's making our spurs look good. He recruited like crazy. He's amazing. You know, Peter, Peter Holt is a generous man. He gives to United Way. He gives millions of dollars away every year. But Peter Holt will never give LeBron James's salary as long as LeBron James is on the Cavaliers. Correct? He'll never do that. Why? Because, because he will not be generous towards his enemies. He will not be generous towards his enemies. We as a people, we in a fallen nature, are not necessarily generous towards our enemies. But God is. And God was. God sent Jesus to a broken, separated people. He sent him to you and me. And he came to not condemn, 
his enemies. He came to not condemn his enemies. Our nature, oftentimes our nature is, give me what you owe me. Give me what you owe me. I want what is mine. You know, it's funny. It's our nature will do this in not even a hostility way, a hostile way. It'll do it in all sorts of ways. Some of you have been giving money to your friends and family. And 10 years later, you're still mad. You're still bitter that they still owe you. And you've been holding on to bitterness and a grudge for some time. We do it all the time. I do it all the time. When I lend money, when I give money, when I give it to somebody, I'm expecting a return. I, I make them sign a, a, an IOU paper, right? right? Like sign a paper and give it to me and then sign it. Have y'all ever done that? Maybe just for play. Awesome. But we do this. We, we lend our money. We give our money. We demand a return on it. And when we don't get the return and the time that we allotted, then we get bitter and frustrated and mad. And I feel like that's not God. He did not come to condemn his enemies. He didn't come to judge them. He wasn't mad towards them. No, he came to save them. He came to give them life. He came to give them life. Have any of you ever gone to a circus or a carnival and you sat in front of the mirrors? And they have all the crazy mirrors. They have the ones that make you look short. I like the ones that make you look tall and strong because I'm 5'7". That's awesome. You know, when sin entered the world, the Imago Day, it was like looking in a mirror that distorted your face and your figure. It just didn't look right. It just didn't look the same. It was all, it was all blurred. It, it wasn't the full picture of God. And Jesus was saying, I'm coming to save them, to give them a new mirror and a new image of themselves. That's why we believe so much that our identity in Jesus is the best thing, the most empowered thing that you'll ever know for your life. He also did it on his own accord. No one prodded Jesus to do it. No one talked to him. No one took his life from him. John 10, 18, no one takes it from me, Jesus said, but I lay it down for my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my, my father. He did this willingly. See, God's generous. He does it out of his heart. He does it out of love. He does it willingly. God is a generous giver, and Jesus was a perfect example of that. He is our example. He is our example of how we should live this life. He is our example of how we should live generously. He is the one who is the big give and has instituted the big give for us that we would give our life away, not satisfying our own desire, not to be a self-absorbed people, that the more I make, the more I spend. And, and, and really, I need to make more so I can spend more. Do you think God created you like that? No. He created you to be generous just like he is generous. And have you, you've probably heard the illustration a lot of times, the half full, half empty glass. The half full, half empty glass. You know, you see, this is a water bottle and it's not quite half. Half full, half empty. What do you see it as? What do you see it as? Do you see it as half full or half empty? Half full or half empty. And this is really what I'm 
think is happening, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to giving, sometimes we see it as half full or half empty. Sometimes we believe that it's all God's. It's all God's. Man, I have more than enough. I can give it away. I can be generous with my life. But those half empty people think that the church is just out to get my money. And anytime they talk about money, they just want in my pocketbook. And, and, and that person just wants in my pocketbook. And the homeless guy on the corner just wants my pocketbook. And everybody just wants my money, and money that I worked hard for. And, and they really have a really negative spirit that they pass around. You know, whoever you hang around with, you'll become like. Chris Behill's wife isn't here this morning and his kids, they all have the stomach bug. Stomach bug. You had the stomach bug lately? It's like the most contagious thing in the world, especially in a house full of kids who are touching everything. They're boogers and then everything else. The stomach bug's going around. And when it comes to giving, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to these things, I think if you hang around half-empty people, stomach bugs are going to catch up. If you hang around generous people, it's contagious. It's contagious. I go to lunch with men who fight on who can pay for the check. I, I hang out with men who will give randomly as the spirit prompts. I hang out with men who tithe faithfully to the church. I hang out with men who give their life away to service. I hang out with men who want to look just like Jesus and all they do and say have committed their ways to that. I hang out with men who make me so much better and have enlarged my heart in my territory, God has filled it. Really, if we could fit it, visit the prayer of Jabez, I would ask God to enlarge our hearts. Maybe not our possessions, maybe not our jobs or our careers or our territory. Maybe not even another classroom or a sound system or, or things that we think we need. I would ask him that he would enlarge our hearts so that when I walk out of this place today, and be able to give love from a place that's overflowing. That we would be a people that would love so well, so well. As the worship team comes and closes out this morning, we're going to close in song. For it is he who gives song. It is he who gives song. As we close out this morning, I want to remind you in Matthew 10, 8. Matthew 10, 8, as Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said this. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you have given. Freely you have received, freely you have given. God has freely given us all things. He gave these disciples power, power. To heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the gospel, to preach to the poor, good news to the poor. He gave them power. And immediately when somebody tried to pay for it, remember in Acts, when the magician tried to pay for this power, what did it, what happened? The, Peter rebuked him. So you can't pay for this. 
For it was freely given to you. So freely you should give. Freely. And I want to challenge you that everything is God's. Freely he has given to us. Freely we should give. Quit arguing with God. Quit arguing. God is moving each and every one of you to a place where he is. It's been our prayer, our desperate prayer at Luminous Church. In John 3.16, I get overwhelmed by my wife and my son. I get overwhelmed by the things that God has given me. But nothing, nothing, nothing will ever compare, will ever compare to Jesus, the big gift, the gift that was given for you so that you may have life. If you would stand with me this morning, church, and as God moves us, I understand that there are things in our life that keep us from where God is going. Remember Jericho? Jericho had a promised land. They had a promised place. They had, there, was, there was promises that God has put in their place. And he said, I need you to step out of faith. I need you to go where only I can go. And I need you to walk around this wall seven times. And I need you to blow some trumpets. And when you do this, you're going to see the walls come down. And victory, I give victory. I give victory to those I love. I give victory. And so, church, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to money, it's the biggest hold on Americans' lives, the largest. And we need some victory, and we need some walls to break down. Some of those are financial. Some of those are debt. Some of those are just spending and don't know how to stop. Some of those are holes that I know are deeper than what I could solve, and you need God. But we need the walls to come down. We need to believe this. So as we declare with the song that he's given us, that he's given us, let us declare that our walls will come down, not only in generosity, not only in giving, but that they would come down so we would move where he is. Jesus, we love you this morning. We praise you this morning. We exalt you this morning. And God, we just praise you, Father God. And through our praise, God, you break down walls. Thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.